Today, we're going to continue, continue with our series that we're on. And that series is a mini-series on children. Uh, today, we're going to talk about godly training. Now, last week, we said that, uh, we really asked you a question. What are you going to leave or impart or what would you have imparted to your children once they are gone from your care? They might be in college. They might be uh, uh, out on their own in the workplace or whatever, living on their own. What would you have left with them when they're grown? We asked that question. And we uh, told you that when you are bringing children up, that they're going to get things through the visual, through the uh, verbal, and through implied. We also said that. We're going to teach them. And we said that, first of all, the word of God must be in your hearts, in your hearts. We said that also. And then we went to our basic text that we were using, uh, which is found in Ephesians, um, in chapter uh, 6, and basically we talked about verse 4. That's what we emphasized. We didn't emphasize verse uh, 1, 2, and 3. We emphasized verse 4. And verse 4 said, fathers, and we talked about what that meant, uh, not to provoke your children to anger or wrath, the King James may say but to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, King James Version. All the instruction and correction may be the New American Standard. So we we said that. We said that um, nurture means to instruct, and in instruction goes uh, discipline. We said that. Correction, those things. We said that uh, ammunition, which we'll talk about today a little bit, is that we're, we're talk, talking about any word, ammunition is any word that you would uh, use that would encourage, that would admonish, that would instruct your children to follow a certain behavior. That's what it is. Now, we're going to talk today about what we're going to teach them rather than maybe how. Next time we talk about how, because how is very important. Uh, but I think what is more important than the how? Because you can start uh, learning how to do something and doing the wrong thing, and that's not too good. You know, we need to know what we're going to do before we start learning how we're going to do this thing. Uh, and we said it takes everybody to do it. We said it's not going to ex- exclude the singles. We said that. Because it's very important. And we might have some uh, demonstrations next time. Next week, of course, my uh, mentor will be here. And he's going to bring a totally different message that's not dealing with children in the series. Uh, He's going to impart wisdom from us from his experiences as an apostle uh, for church planting and starting churches and what it takes and things of that nature. He's going to talk about those things. Uh, At least that's what he's supposed to talk about. I don't know. We'll say, if, if it's not that, just say, oh, that's great. He's led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Today, 
Let's talk about what we're going to train them. Because you remember we said last time that, that uh, really uh, training is discipline. Remember that? Just like in, in the armed forces or whatever the situation be, we said that uh, they train you. They discipline you. Uh, they're going to uh, uh, get you to a certain point where you can do what you're supposed to do. In an armed service, you, you need to be able to protect yourself, your country, uh, and things of that nature. So they have to train you in, in that way. And it's the same thing in any field whatsoever. Uh, they're going to train you. This is what God is saying to do. Train up this next generation. What are we going to train them into? What are we going to train them into? Well, I, obviously I could have chosen a lot of different things. Because we have six, six books. Right? We have... Um, 1,189 chapters. Is that correct? Okay. I know you've been counting. And we also uh, know we have so many, so many verses. So all of it is good. Is that correct? All of it is good. So obviously we could talk about a lot of different things. But I have to talk to you about what God's placed on my heart to talk to you about. And you may say, well, I don't know whether that's what God says is important. Well, believe me. Is scriptural. And if it's scriptural, then that means it's God. Is that correct? Okay. All right. The first thing that we, we need to know also that most people have children at, at different ages also. So what you would teach one, you might have already taught another other one. Or the young, young kids, they're not able to absorb what you might want to teach them at a later time. But you have to start teaching. I say that teaching starts in the womb. That's what I say. Okay. I say it because a child, when the child is um, conceived, that is a child. That's a human being. That's what I believe. So if you don't believe that, then you talk to God about it because you're not in the Word. Okay. The Word of God said He knew us before. Um, <laughs> my goodness gracious. Uh, we're not going to talk about that because. because I, it's true, okay? Now, you need to talk to them about it. You need to, you need to sing to them. You need to talk, to the, talk, talk about the word to, the, to children in, in, in the womb. You need to lay hands on, on, on your the stomach of, of, the, of your, your own belly and the husband, put your, a husband, put your hand on, on the stomach and, uh, you know, pray over them, you know, sing on them. Uh, you need to do those things. But once they uh, come into this natural world, and they um, are, are able to hear, you start doing the same thing uh, because they're hearing you in a different way than they were hearing you uh, in the womb. So you start uh, still teaching, still teaching, still teaching, still teaching. Now, when they get a certain age, now you can start uh, doing some other things. So let's talk about one thing. One thing, and they're not in necessary order, okay? One thing we want to teach is that who... God is. We want them to know who God is. That's what we want them to know. Or from the, from whenever they can, you think they can, they can know who God is, you start telling them who God is. That's important. Let me give you one statistic just in, in case you want to say, well, why are you choosing these? There's a st- st- statistic that says that three out of four children, teenagers, are, you know, when they... When they leave home, they go away from the faith, the church, what they've been taught. That's a lot of people. 
It's a lot of people. And they don't necessarily come back. I know you're thinking of a scripture in Proverbs 22, 6, but we'll talk about that next, next week, uh, week after next. You, you may be thinking about that, uh, but not necessarily. Because we have adults that they brought up in church. We have, uh, I've talked to people who've been released from incarceration. They've been to Sunday school and all those type of things. They know what the scripture says in some areas. They've been to Sunday school and things like that, but they, they don't believe in God. They don't even worship God. Okay. When you, ha- when you have a st- statistic like that, we kind of wonder. Talk to any teenager just about after they leave service and find out what the service is about. I don't care what kind of service it is. I don't care what, uh, what, what denomination. I don't care uh, what state. I don't care where it is. Ask them. Why don't you do that with your children? Ask them. Say, okay, tell me what, the, uh, what, what was this message about. And find out how much they really saw. How much they really got in. And you'll find out that most of them tune out. Most of them. I'm serious. And they might say, well, yeah, no, let's see. Um, ask your mate. Let's go a little further. <laughs> let's even go even home more. You write it down when you get home, what was talked about. And you'll find out, uh, I know he said something about children. I'm going to say, he's talked about, about three things. I'm going to say, really? Um, it's, it's really difficult sometimes to focus because we're used to things uh, flashing and bells and whistles. We're used to a lot of different stamina. We're used to a lot of different things. And so now uh, when we come to church, we, we, it's hard for us to listen. It's really hard. And you're going to have to train yourself to listen. You're going to have to train your children to listen and to absorb. Otherwise, uh, most things are going to be boring to them unless it's flashing, it's moving real fast, you know, uh, because now computers, they say, are real slow. Uh, you can have it for a year, and the thing is, is obsolete because it's too slow. And for the life of me, uh, I have one, that thing might be about 10 years old, and that thing is fast, but I'm just fast, you know, for me, <laughs> for me. Things move too fast. And I don't understand how teens can, um, can listen to music, Watch TV, do homework at the same time. They're multiple tasks, you know. Uh, uh, but that's that's the society we live in. Okay, so that means that I have to do certain things to to enhance that. But I, I cannot still feed the flesh. Do you understand? We need to train our children. Okay, who is God? Who is God? That's what we need to, need to teach them. Who God? He is. He's the creator. Yeah. Isn't he? He's the king of kings. God is the author and finisher of our faith. We can go on and on who God is. The earth is the Lord's. He's the owner of everything. All the cattle on a thousand hills. All the silver. All the gold. Every person is his. So you're teaching them who God is. In any creative way you want to do that. Also, we want to teach them that God loves you. 
even though he's omniscient, knows everything about everybody, every word you ever say, every thought you ever have, from uh, Florida to Maine to Canada to, you know, California over here to East Coast, Hampton, Virginia. We were over there too, Hampton, Virginia, right? Yeah. Uh, they, he knows everything. Every hair on your head, or, or not on your head, he has that, he knows it. He knows. He knows. Who is God? And sometimes, even as adults, we don't know that God loves us. Because we haven't experienced it uh, when we were growing up. But you're going to have to show them that God loves them. You're going to have to teach them, train them. God loves you. The great God of the universe, all-powerful God, he loves you. If no one else is in the world, he loves you. That's what we want to teach him. Another thing we want to teach him as they get older, that um, everything, every single thing that you could ever want, you ever need, is in him. In him. All knowledge, all wisdom, all the treasures of wisdom is hid in Christ Jesus. That's what the word of God says. So if you want wisdom, you're going to have to go to God. You say, well, the world has wisdom. They have, some, they have some knowledge. But God says in his word that he's going to bring the wisdom of the world to naught. So that means that that's not the wisdom that you're seeking after. We're going to be in the world, so we, we know that uh, we're going to partake of, of what they say wisdom may be, but not, we're not of the world, so therefore it's not our wisdom. Our wisdom is found in here. And so even though we are in the world, we're not of the world, so therefore we are aliens in this world. That's what the word says. And you have to teach your children that. We are aliens here. Don't try to blend in. And all the little things that you, we see on TV, uh, men from Mars and things like that, uh, they wouldn't try to blend in. They stand out. We're supposed to stand out. So we teach our children to try to stand out for God. Don't compromise because you're not of this world. So we're trying to teach them these things. Everything that you have need of. They say, well, I want to to have a great vocation. I want to have have knowledge and wisdom. I want to uh, know things so I can get a good job. Everything you have need of is in him, Christ Jesus. And whatever he has for you, you're going to receive it if you're in him. And then you can, uh, well, I'll tell you that next time how you do that. Okay, now, then we go to another thing. So, well, okay, um, we have to teach him who God is. We have to teach him that God loves us. We have to teach him that everything we have need of is in him. Because if we don't teach him that, they're going to be seeking other things. Other things. All the way from Genesis, all the way through the Old Testament to Malachi. That's what was happening. They were seeking other things. All he had to do is get them around somebody else. 
the Canaanites, the Hittites, uh, the Jebusites. Get them around anybody and they will try to be like them. Maybe they have something that we don't have. They are serving some God over here that they said that this God over here provides for their, their crops. They provide rain. This, this one over here, oh man, they, they, they worship the stars and the moon and everything because they say that uh, this right here. No, 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 no. Uh, we're around, around still the Jebusites, the Hittites, and all like that because we used to be one when we were unsaved. We're around the not yet saved and not yet born again when we're in our workplaces, when we're in our, our schools. Uh, don't you think everybody in Christian schools are saved? Okay. So we're around people, and if you go to the grocery store, you're around people all the time that are not yet saved. And they're going to have thoughts and visions, and they're going to have uh, values that you don't have, not supposed to have. So therefore, all things in him. Okay? Teach him that. Next thing, he wants a personal relationship with you. He wants a personal relationship with you. And we, we weren't taught that. Nobody taught me that when I was growing up. Okay. And he wants a personal relationship with you. I knew about God. Because my mother took me to church. So I knew about God. But I never saw anybody, you know, have a personal relationship with him. Now, I know my mother sang when she was in the kitchen. She was just home. She was saying things like that. Um, but she didn't sit down and talk to me about, uh, look, I would tell you what she called me, but she said, you're going to repeat it. I know that. I mean, you repeat it. I mean, can't tell you stuff. That ain't, ain't stuff. Uh, she, would call me, she calls me Willa Ray. That's what doesn't my mom call And she would say, Willa Ray, look, if I hear that again now, okay. <laughs> God, you know, when I'm singing, I'm humming, then, then look, this is, I'm communicating with him. I'm, I'm interacting with him. You know, I, I pray while I'm in the kitchen. And while I'm, you know, I, I ask God's blessing when we pray over the food. We'll... We are communicating with, with our great and mighty God who wants a personal relationship. He, he, he's, he cares about what we eat. He cares about it. She didn't tell me that. So, therefore, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know about a personal relationship till, until uh, later on in the church, this church. They told me that, and I said, hmm. Then I want to know, how do you have a personal relationship with this person that I don't see? that I don't feel, how do I have that? You're going to have to teach them that. Because if you don't teach them that, then they're going to have religion. And you don't want them to be religious. And that's what uh, people have said, men of God, and, and just come from out of town, all those type of things intercessing thing that there's a religious spirit over Lynchburg. So, of course, we, we know that, but people say, well, you, what do you mean a religious spirit? Yeah. It's a form of godliness and not knowing the power thereof. You don't have a relationship with it. You just do those things that, that you're supposed to do on Sunday. 
you go to church. We are the church people. We just go to a place where we all can get in it at the same time. If, if we could all get in, in, in my house or in your house, we just just all come to your house. Save us a big mortgage payment. <laughs> well, it's not big enough for the kids and all that kind of stuff here. But we just need a place. So we gather together, but we are the church. He wants a personal relationship with you. Two in the morning when you get up, he's already up. He, he's, he, he's checking you out, watching you. But when you stay up late at night, he's watching you. He, he, he's waiting to say, my goodness gracious, is he going to talk to me, you know? Is he getting on the computer just to, just to see, you know, uh, uh, maybe some things about me to get in the Word and, and, and interact with me? What are we doing? At work, he wants, he wants uh, intimacy with you, even at work. At school, teenagers, he wants intimacy with you at school. See? Because you can have intimacy with him at school, sitting right in the classroom. And you'll be focused on your teacher, you know. Um, but you say, all you have to do is say, God, help me to, to grasp what, what, what they're saying. That means you acknowledge he's there, don't you? He's there. Before you take a test, you know, just say, God, help me to recall those things I've studied so hard for. You know, as I said, studied so hard for? Okay. Right. Okay. All right. So we want to teach him who God is. Who's God? That he loves you. We want to teach him that everything we, everything we need is in him. He wants a personal relationship with you. Another thing we can teach him, they're not in order, but we're just talking today. We want to teach him the Bible is inerrant. No Error, none whatsoever. Okay. Because they're going to hear, if you don't teach them, they're going to hear, well, the Bible uh, has error in it because it, over here it says this, and then they quote it over here, that same thing, but it says something different. Men wrote this thing, and so you know what man is perfect, so you know it can't be perfect. I mean, they're going to say that thing. They're going to say But see, in, in my Bible, let's turn to 2 Timothy 3. Uh, let's start at 10. Let's start at 14. You, however, who's talking? Paul. Paul. Who is he talking to? Timothy. You, however, you, Timothy, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, you say, learned. 
become convinced of. So he had uh, somebody teaching him, didn't he? When he was coming up. Lois and Eunice. He had them. I mean, he had it. He had, he had t- t- teachers. Is that correct? He had teachers. His mother's grandmother. He had his teacher. Knowing from whom you have learned them. Important to know from whom you've learned them from. And he had godly parents. Not godly parents. Godly mother, grandmother. His father was. Okay. Fifteen. And that from childhood. Oh, did you did you catch it? That from childhood you have known the sacred writings. Can we say that about our children? From childhood they have known the sacred writings. What about these sacred writings? These what about this, you know, this, this scripture here? Of course it was talking about the Old Testament. What about it? which are able to give you wisdom, the wisdom that leads to salvation. That's why we have to get the word in it. We have to get the word in our children because they are not born saved. Do you hear what I'm saying? Regardless of what um, denomination you might have been brought up in, because I had a, a... a school teacher, man, she, I said, well, how long you been saved? Well, I was, I was born saved. I said, oh. And we were standing out in the hall by our classroom, so there's no need to go further because, you know. You're not born saved. You're born lost as a goose. Okay? But when we get these scriptures in them, these scriptures are able to give them the wisdom that leads to salvation. If you're not giving them that, then you are not preparing them for salvation. Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, not just some of it, not not just the New Testament, Not just your favorite scriptures, not just the ones that you like. All scripture is inspired by God. That's what it says. Now, we'll talk about later how we're going to get this into them, okay? And profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. For training in righteousness. So do you, do you see where, where, where we're going here now? If, if he says, bring your children up, he said, don't, don't, don't provoke them to, to, to anger. Don't provoke your children to anger, but. You remember I said it when it said, but it nullifies that what you said before. So it, it contrasts in other words. It is, it's one over this side, like wisdom. And there's one over this side that's, that's, that's not wisdom. So the not wisdom is provoking them to anger. And the wisdom is bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Well, nurture, teaching, right? 
training. Ammunition, it says right here. That's what it says. For reproof. Reproof is, is that word, ammunition. It's a word. It's in it. Correction, it's in it. Training in righteousness, training, we're talking about it. It's the word of God. So what are we going to train them in? The word of God. What are we going to train them with? The word of God. What are we going to teach them? The word of God. Everything is about the word of God. And we start from a young age, even from a childhood. We, we, we make them know this, this word, this word, which is able to, lead to the wisdom that leads to salvation. I, I told people that if, in, in, when I was teaching elementary school, if they would just allow only born again, on fire, teachers to teach in elementary school, and they teach the word of God, that every single person in that school, I believe, would get saved in elementary school. Every single one of them. Because do you know when they start kindergarten, they love their teachers. They believe everything those teachers say. They really do. They really do. Boys and girls. They really do. And if, 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 you, if you say, a cow says meow, you know, and, and, and the parents haven't taught them anything different, they'll believe it. They'll believe it. Yeah. And so that's why I used to play with them sometimes. They, they invariably bring an animal to school. You know, one of these little... Uh, the stuffed animals or something, a little small thing. And, and usually sometimes it's a bear or something really nice, you know, like that. Nothing aggressive, a lion, nothing like that. But some, you know, kind of. and I said, hey. And, and usually it says, says a bear, hey, <clears throat> isn't that a nice dog? They look at me. And over there, I said, let me see your dog. It's not a dog. I'm your teacher. It's a dog. It's not a dog. But they know I'm playing with them because I teach them. I, I teach every, every student in elementary school because I taught for forget. So they all had to come to me uh, one day a week. So they knew, they knew that I played with them. They said, you're just silly. I said, yeah, I'm just playing with you. But we have fun with them because... You know, they, they, know, they know that. And so they'll, they'll, they'll pretty much play with you and do anything, you know, uh, with you because uh, they, you, you, you know how to get to children, okay? You just have to know how to do that. If we could teach them the Word of God, they get saved. It's the same thing with your children. If you teach them the Word of God, they're going to get saved. Simple and plain is that. If you teach them at an early age. Now, some of us, of course, came into Christianity at a, at a, at a later age. And so, therefore, our children are now older. And so, you start wherever they are. That's all. You just start. God will honor that. He'll honor that. I have to stop. I got, I got so many more. Is this so, um, and I really want to get into how to do it because it's, a, it's an art to, to teaching. Also, to training and, and, and doing that, 
and I want to help you with that. First one I said that, that I mentioned is not the first necessary, but for me it's the first. And that is that to know who God is. There's no need to talk about the word of God if they don't even know who God is. You teach them who God is. You, you, have, to, you have to make sure they understand that God uh, is, is, God is so desirable to know. God is so, you know, compassionate. See, you got to give them all the attributes of God. See, he, he's so compassionate. Uh, because, see, most people, when they are taught about God sometimes, they are taught about God as this, this, this person is, is in heaven. He's looking at you. And if you just do, just do something wrong if you want to. And he might rain down, you know, uh, what do they call those things? Uh, the, those balls, hailstone on you. And he sees you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go out on this date. But he sees you. You just do something wrong. Hail balls going to come down. <laughs> and, they, 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 you know, uh, they, they, of course, people don't say that. But, but most people grow up with a, with a distorted opinion of God, that he's some big, bad person, you know, to do, do that. And see, I had to learn. And I see one of my daughters doing that. Yeah, yeah, I was taught that too. <laughs> I'm trying to help you because I've made so many mistakes, and I'm trying to help you now. You remember I told you that, that I'm not coming from, you know, my own experiences. I'm, I'm coming from the word of God, right? I told you that. So I've made mistakes, and I've gotten some things right. And I got plenty of them wrong, most of them wrong, you know. But now when, 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 I, when, I, when I'm getting in this word, if I had to do it over again, I know what I'll do. And I know how to do it. Okay. But let's save just a little bit uh, for next time. Because it's, I believe it's good. Invite your friends because especially if they are single if they're young, if they're middle-aged, old-aged. Because it, it applies. It applies. And I'm going to show you how it applies to the, the, the older ones and the, and, the, and the singles. You say, I don't have anybody to teach what is the, you know, boy, boy, boy. It's giving me information for the future. No, it's information for you now because you're going to help teach these children, you know. Let's turn to Corinthians. May I have the... Um, People who are going to help us serve communion come up and just stand. In 1 Corinthians, and when you invite your friends, tell them that our, our, you know, our service time from 10.30 to 12, and we try to you know, let out around 12, so they'll have some opinion because when they haven't been to a church like this, that most times they think the church lasts 45 minutes to an hour. And they don't think when it gets past an hour, they're watching the clock. And uh, come on, return face the congregation. Let's go. Like one person, I said, well, we go from 1030 to 1230. What? What are y'all doing up in here? Man, woo-wee, boy. My t- man, man uh-uh. no, I'm coming up in here. No. Two hours. What y'all do? Two hours. I go home and watch the game for two hours. I'm not coming up in there in two hours. 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup and all, also at the sup, supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The Lord died for us that we may have eternal life, to bring us back in right standing with the Father. And what we're teaching about the children, Jesus loved children. He said, don't, don't, don't uh, not allow the children to, to, to come to me. Let them come to me. He died for our children also. Therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So what we want to do is examine ourselves that do we have any unconfessed sin? Do we have anything we want to deal with? If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, now it's time to do that. Or you have to ask him, forgive me my sins, Lord. Forgive my sins. I recognize you. Forgive my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness because I want to come to you. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. It's not a, a, a formula. It's, a, it's a, a relationship. You know, he wants a relationship with you. And all you have to do is, is tell me, you know, I want a relationship with you. you know, I want you to be my God. I don't want to rule my life. I want you to rule my life. I accept your death and resurrection for my life. Save me, Lord. And if you're not in right standing with him, you've uh, uh, gone backwards from what you've learned uh, early in life. Just ask him to forgive you of that. And you're coming back home just like the prodigal son. That's what communion is all about. If you're having unresolved relationships, think about it. And so, you know, I, I shouldn't have this unresolved relationship. I, I shouldn't be like this. It's not the word of God. God died that I would have right standing with him. So why should I be holding something against him? He's forgiven, He's forgiven me, so I should forgive others. We should do the same thing. Let's stand. Now, what we want to do, uh, we're going to have people there, here, there, and somebody taking it to the sound booth and, and also to the uh, workers and nurseries. So could you all get the elements and stand where your places, please? Do we have any, any soft music back there?